You are now listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Our message comes to us from our teaching and discipleship pastor, Pastor Jordan Wood. Have a listen. Amen. How's everybody doing? I have a feeling you've seen that video before. Amen? Amen. So it's available online. You can watch it later. It's David Jeremiah just talking about how that so many of these biblical heroes in the past were sheltered by God for a season, and yet God was faithful through it all. So we, although we don't know what the future may hold, we can trust in the faithfulness of God today. Amen? This morning we are continuing our series, Subject to Change. Have you enjoyed the series so far? Amen. Throughout this series, we've been exploring how some of the biblical heroes of faith faced and dealt with change. Thus far, we've learned from Joseph that he was a man of unwavering vision, that he was a man of integrity, and that he learned how to reframe his experience. Next, we learned from Jacob that Jacob was defined by his encounter with God, by his struggle with God, and ultimately by the blessing of God on his life. Next, we learn from Noah that Noah walked in close fellowship with God, that Noah was obedient to God's voice, that he was willing to change, and that he was in it for the long haul. Next, we learn from David how David's life was shaped by prayer, and that prayer uh, produced in him trust in God, and the fruit of that trust in God was praise. Last week we met Moses, who had a passion for the presence of God. Like all heroes of faith that we've looked at, there was purpose in the process. For Moses, the presence of God was his priority, his prize, and ultimately it was his promised land. For Moses, the presence of God was enough. Everything else he learned to let go. This morning we continue with Subject to Change, Part 6, Jonah. And my title this morning, if you put it up, is Choosing Change. Choosing Change. Tell your neighbor, change is a choice. Now tell them it's up to you. Go ahead, those watching online, if I ask you to do something, you got to do it too. Go ahead, tell them change is a choice and say it's up to you. Jonah was a prophet. Show me that very famous picture. Some of you may be familiar with these guys. Does anyone know the song? Jonah was a prophet. Ooh, ooh. But he never really got it. Sad but true. Pastor Laurie, do you know that song? Okay, I didn't want to play it because I didn't like it. (laughs) But the point is there, that he never really got the point. Uh, Any birthdays in the house today? Anybody? No? Well, if Jonah had a birthday, I wonder if this might be his birthday present. Show that next picture. We made this for you to put on the back of your car. Today we are looking at Jonah, 
And let me just say, church, for those watching online, that all of these characters, all of these biblical heroes of faith, they're, they're, they're very complex. And so, in the course of a message of 30-35 minutes, we can't cover everything. And so if I missed something, or if we didn't cover the exact point or, or slant on a particular character that's one of your heroes of faith, please forgive me. I'm asking for grace at this point. We have to make choices uh, and, and we have to, to uh, select exactly the, the angle that we're taking. So it's not an exhaustive look at these characters. We're trying to look at a very particular question and how the lessons from these characters can benefit us as we are going through this season of change. Amen? Can I have your grace, please? Amen. So today we're looking at Jonah. In Jonah, we, we don't find the integrity of Joseph, nor do we see the blessing of Jacob. In Jonah, we don't find the obedience of Noah, nor the praises of David. In Jonah, we do not see the passion of Moses. But what we do see is repentance. And through Jonah, we are pulled into the bigger picture of seeing God's heart for the lost. Seeing God's heart for the lost. Let me pray one more time. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. If you agree, say amen. amen. Point number one is our decisions make a difference. Our decisions make a difference. Jonah chapter 1 says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. My first point is that whether we like it or not, our choices have an impact. We influence the people around us no matter what. There's no neutral life or neutral decision. All of us make a difference. So the question is not if we make a difference, but how. Are we having a positive impact or a negative impact? When we choose even not to act, we are still making a choice. This is the paradox of choice. Certainly not every decision has the same level of impact in terms of consequence and degree, yet the fact remains the choices we make impact others. This truth on the surface might appear to go without saying. You, you might be saying, choices have impact. 
Wow! This is revelation knowledge this morning. Are you glad you came this morning? Choices have impact. Good one. Good one. Those who are watching at home are saying, I'm glad I stayed home for this one. (laughs) Choices have impact, right? That was a choice to come here today. As fundamental as this truth may be, I still believe that it needs to be said. And the truth behind it is that you matter. You matter. The decisions you make matter. Your choices matter. And you have an impact. Those of you watching online, you have an impact. The choices you make affect others. Maybe you've been wondering, does what I do really even matter? Let me tell you, it does. Do the choices I make affect anyone but myself? Yes, they do. If you agree, say amen. Does my life mean anything to anyone? Yes, it does. Your life is a witness and a model and an example. Every choice, every decision, every action, every word makes a difference. The question is not if, thank you, but how. Not does it, but how does it. Maybe Jonah thought that if he just kept on running, if he just kept on hiding, maybe everything would work itself out. Remember that you are blessed to be a blessing and to withhold who you are is to miss the purpose and the plan of God. Never forget that you matter. Never forget that you are a difference maker. Say that to yourself. I am a difference maker. So when we talk about choosing change, the first concept that we need to cement or concretize is the truth that what we do makes a difference. Because if we're going to bring about change, if we're going to navigate change, the first principle really is that what we do makes a difference. Point number two, it also matters what we don't do. It also matters what we don't do. You see, in this sensitive time, the choices we make are even more important is what I'm getting at. When we talk about sin or when we talk about doing wrong, we also tend to focus on the actions that are clearly sinful. This is bad. That's bad. Don't do this. Don't do that. These are what we call sins of commission. But there's another category of sin. There's another category of wrong. It's called sins of omission. When we fail to do what we know we should. If you fail to do what you know you should, it is also sin. James 4.17 says this, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Reading Jonah, I, I asked myself, yeah, I was looking at this, this, this biblical character and he's, he's, he's a prophet and, and uh, you know, he's respected and regarded by a lot of the commentaries as a prophet 
And some of them try to justify Jonah's behavior and they say, well, he's just overly patriotic or he's, you know, he's actually a good guy. The story just doesn't bear it out. I had, I had to tell you, after reading the, the book of Jonah a number of times in preparation, I was like, what possible good can I learn from this guy? Maybe you're wondering. He was a prophet, ooh, ooh, but he never really got it. Sad but true. So, for the most part, I saw that he was selfish, self-centered, and lazy. Everything is backwards about the book of Jonah. In most of the prophetic literature, when you read about the prophet, the prophet is the one who is obedient to God. In Jonah, the prophet is the one who's disobedient to God. In the other books, you know, the people who are hearing the message of the prophet, you know, are the ones who are against God. In Jonah, as soon as the other people hear about this God, they offer sacrifices, they're in awe, they're honoring this God. It's everything's backwards. In most other books, when, when, when a prophet encounters a political figure like the king, the king is exceedingly wicked. In Jonah, as soon as the king hears the message of Jonah, he fasts in sackcloth and ashes and honors the God and orders a nationwide fasting. It's like you're reading Jonah and you're like, did I miss the memo here? Everything is upside down. Is it at all familiar with the world we're living in today? So what possible good can we learn from Jonah? Well, here's the truth. We can learn not only from the good examples, but also from the bad examples. You see, I've had the opportunity to work with a number of leaders, and I've made mistakes. I haven't always done the correct thing. Let me admit that first and foremost before I say what I'm about to say. I've also worked with leaders who were doing the wrong thing. I've also not worked with them, but I've observed and heard stories about leaders who did it wrong. And just asking the Lord in prayer, maybe you can identify this. You say, Lord, how can you allow this to take place? How can you allow this person to be in this position to function in this way? Why have you called me to this company, this business, this organization, when the leader is so clearly doing the wrong thing? And I'm not saying I have a definitive answer. There's some things I think we won't understand until we get to heaven with Jesus. and We can ask Him. But to try to appease my own uh, understanding at the time, I believe the Lord would say to us that we can learn not only from the good examples, from the bad. Before I tell you what to do, I want to show you how not to do it. Because often through our failure, that's where we learn the most. Often through the mistakes we make, that provides the context and the framework to understand why we need to do the right thing the right way. So we can learn from Jonah because we can see almost the example of what not to do. Amen? Verse 6 in chapter 1 says this, The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. He's asking him to pray. 
This is the captain of the, the ship telling the prophet that he needs to pray. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? In verse 9, he answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? For they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had told them so. You know what the first word the Lord speaks to Jonah is? Arise. Arise. And when he calls him a second time to go to Nineveh, he says it a second time, arise. When the captain comes to see Jonah, what does he say? He says, get up. At the end of the story, when Jonah goes up on top of a hill, he makes a shelter for himself and lays down. I was thinking, how many times is this guy laying down? I mean, he's lazy. He's just laying down all the time. Maybe the call to get up isn't just referring to the physical. Perhaps someone needs to get up emotionally. Perhaps you've been laying down and you need to get up. Maybe you need to arise and let the light of Christ shine upon you. That's good preaching. The central idea here is that Jonah was disobedient. It's absolutely clear. The Lord told him to do this. He did the opposite. He ran in the opposite direction. He failed to do what he knew he should do. The consequences of his inaction not only affected himself, but those around him. By his inaction, he put other people in danger. In this case, life-threatening danger. When we talk about choosing change, it not only matters what we do, but it also matters what we do not do. In this season of change, the choices we make or neglect to make can be critical, so make the choice to hear from God. I don't know who that's for today, but maybe someone is saying, you know, I can take this decision. It only affects me. I can do this or that, or I can avoid doing this because it's not hurting anybody. If I choose to misuse my resources or not steward my health well or not be on top of my own mental health or not be on top of my own relationships, it ultimately only affects myself. That is false. And in this season of discontinuous change, when the world is shifting so greatly, so rapidly, each and every day, the choices we make or the choices we fail to make affect and can affect and can be critical. Point number three. Jonah finally embraced his brokenness. You may say, you may ask, well, is there really anything redemptive about the story of Jonah? Is there anything we can learn? Yes, we can see that Jonah came to a point, excuse me, where he finally embraced his brokenness. 
He was disobedient. He fled from the presence of the Lord. He was thrown into the sea and descended into its depths. He was swallowed by a great fish for three days and three nights until finally Jonah surrendered. From his distress, he cried out to God. From the depth, he lifts a prayer to God. And from that place, of surrender, from that place of contrition, God hears. God hears. Brokenness is the precursor to repentance. Before we can choose change, we often need to come to the end of ourselves. The next time the Lord spoke to Jonah, he obeyed. Before I came to Jesus, let me tell you, My story, I had come to the end of my rope. And I know that's true for so many. That before they would give Jesus the reins of their life, they exhausted their strength, their ability, their capacity. And they said, all right, God, I've done it my way my whole life. I've used my own ability to get where I am, and now I'm at the end of my rope. Here you go, God. Here you go. Take the reins of my life. I promise you one thing, Lord, that if you redeem me and save me and change me and give me a life, I'll serve you the rest of my days. And that's what happened. Jonah chapter 3, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the city the great city of Nineveh, and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. But here's the thing. It seems that before Jonah could authentically preach repentance to the Ninevites, he first needed to repent himself. Before he had the ability and the willingness to go and preach repentance to the Ninevites, he had to repent himself. Church, if as the people of God we are going to choose change in this season, we need to embrace not only our strengths, but our weaknesses as well. For in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. Let's not be afraid to tell people how we are really doing. You know, I know we got to wear masks, but let's take the other masks off. It's good preaching. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Let's be that people who aren't ashamed of the Gospel. Let's be that people who aren't afraid to tell the world that we depend on God. That without Him, we would be lost. Let's not fail to tell the world the reason for the hope that we have in this season. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 39 and 40, a wicked An adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah, believe it or not. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Even though Jesus had performed miracle after miracle, they still asked for a sign. 
Jesus said, the only sign that they will get will be my own resurrection. In the same way, the only sign that Jesus is Lord of your life is that this generation will receive the witness of those who have died to their sin, who have embraced their brokenness, who have surrendered to God and are now born again. New life is the sign. Resurrection is the sign. Repenting from sin and trusting Jesus is the sign. The witness of God's life abiding in you. Fourthly and finally, we need to see the big picture. Jonah preaches to Nineveh. Nineveh repents. Even though Jonah finally surrendered to God and embraced his brokenness, He still didn't see the big picture, unfortunately. His attitude towards these foreign people still missed the heart of God. You know, we read in Jonah chapter 4, it says, But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong that the Ninevites repented. And he became angry. Verse 2, he prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish? I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah says, I knew you were good, God. I knew you were loving, God. I knew you would forgive and not surrender these people to judgment. Understand this, church. Jonah's reasoning for not preaching to the Ninevites is because he knows God is full of mercy and grace. He knew God would forgive and spare these people from judgment. We can surmise that Jonah didn't want them to be spared. In any case, God's mercy is the reason why Jonah failed to preach. Can you believe that? The mercy and the goodness of God is the reason why Jonah failed to preach. I feel like God's mercy and His grace is sometimes the reason why we fail to preach repentance as well. We might say, I know God's full of love. He's going to do what's right. He's going to understand. God's full of love and grace and mercy. We don't need to preach. Church, God's mercy and God's grace, true and faithful as it is, is not an excuse to withhold preaching the Gospel, but the very reason to preach it. You might say that God is all-loving and long-suffering and merciful and understanding, and this how somehow means that we don't need to tell people about Jesus. This is false. Instead, the truth that God sent His Son into the world to live a sinless life, to die on a cross in payment for all of our sin, three days later to rise again from death, signaling our own resurrection, ascending to the Father's right hand where He now intercedes for you and for me, having been given all authority in heaven and on earth, is the very reason, the precise impetus, the exact motivation to preach the Gospel of God love and mercy, not an excuse not to preach it. Choosing change. Choose to know that you make a difference. 
that what we fail to do is just as important as what we choose to do. We need to see the big picture of what God wants to do, which is bring about salvation, not just physically, but spiritually. Jonah chapter 4, verse 9. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant Though you did not tend it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals? This is how the book of Jonah ends. With this rhetorical question, shouldn't I be concerned? We need to see the bigger picture. Jonah missed the bigger picture. He was concerned for himself. He was concerned for this plant that had withered. God was concerned for the welfare of the people. So in this season, we have taken every precaution to protect people physically. We have got hand sanitizer and we wipe the bathrooms down. We do everything we can to stay six feet apart. We're doing everything we can to protect people physically. Yet what have we done to spare them from the judgment that awaits? Let's not miss the big picture. Invite the worship team to come back. We're going to lead that goodness of God one more time. And I want to read to you Jonah's prayer, which really is the heart of the story of Jonah as we close this morning. You can just start when you're ready. He said this in Jonah 2, verses 2-9. to He said, In my distress... I called to the Lord, and He answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And You listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All Your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. The roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. And in verse 7, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered You, Lord, and my prayer rose to You in Your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to You what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Change is a choice, and it's up to you.
You have been listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including events, ministries, and service time, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast store, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.